0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Can you believe this? Oh, out enough. Say with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. hops into a bucket. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up? Everybody, this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. That's E-L-I-O-T-C-L. O-U-G-H. And before we get started, got to remind you, make sure you're subscribing or following, depending on what platform you're listening to this podcast on. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, which I know the majority of you do, it would be awesome and greatly appreciated if you did scroll down to the very bottom and click write a review. And that way you can leave a rate as well, preferably five stars, but we want you to be honest over there. If you're having any thoughts, any recommendations referring to the podcast, any any uh, places that you believe that we can improve, we will greatly take your constructive criticism. Not constructive compliments, as Michael Scott once said. Constructive criticism is greatly appreciated. We are not afraid of that criticism. So have any thoughts, make sure to drop them below. Takes like 20 seconds. And again, we greatly appreciate it. But you're not here to listen to me to ask you of a favor. You're here to listen about your New Orleans Pelicans. And we had a ton of basketball going on today in the bubble. Had some teams playing that we wanted to lose that ultimately won. Two out of the three did win today and we'll go over that here. Right now, actually, the suns I was a, that was the most my voice cracked, probably since middle school. The Suns Blazers and Kings played today. Suns defeating the Clippers with Devin Booker hitting a game-winning shot over Paul George in the later the, the latter moments of that game. The suns really kind of holding on. basically from the get-go, the Clippers did not look good in this matchup with the Phoenix Suns, and who would have guessed? that in the Orlando bubble of the two teams in the three games that the Clippers have played, two of them would be losses, one to the Lakers and the other one to the Phoenix Suns. Kawhi leading in scoring for the Clippers, putting up 27, just, well, 10 of 21 from the field, almost 50% from the field, and then Paul George going 6 of 17 for 23 Points was 10 of 10 from the free throw line as well. Lou Williams not really contributing in his first game back in the bubble. 21 minutes, 3 of 8, and just 7 points. So the Suns keeping their edge in the Western Conference battle for the 8 and 9 spot. The rest of their schedule, though, looking pretty, pretty ugly. Pretty, pretty ugly going forward. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, as the season, as these 8 games Progress. Blazers game just finishing up as I am recording this podcast. Wanted to make sure we got that in because it is so important for the Pelicans playoff race going forward. The Blazers ultimately did take down the Rockets tonight 110 to 102 in the being the last game of the day in the bubble. And the Blazers are really, really rolling right now, keeping up with the best teams in the league. Their one loss. In their three games coming to the Boston Celtics, who also actually lost tonight to Jimmy Butler-less Miami Heat. The Suns, as I mentioned, are 29-39, and 39, as we currently sit just behind the Pelicans at 29-38. And, and the Trailblazers sitting in that nine spot, 31-38, and 38, just a game and a half back of the Memphis Grizzlies going into tomorrow. And I do not see the Grizzlies winning another game. So we'll see how that shakes out. And then lastly, of these three games that happened today, three teams vying for the 8-9 and nine spot in the Western Conference is the Sacramento Kings. They fell to the Dallas Mavericks going now 0-3 in the bubble. And this was the first win for Dallas in the bubble, actually. A 114-110 to 110 win for the Dallas Mavericks. Now the Kings really, really pretty much, I mean, I would almost say they almost had this one in the bag and then it went into overtime. And I mean, the Mavericks shot just 22% from three tonight, which is huge. Especially when you got Luka Doncic on your team and he made two threes. Tim Hardaway Jr. made three threes, but nobody else made multiple three-point shots Kristaps Porzingis going 0 of 7 from deep 10 of 11 from the free throw line so making up with for some of his points there but 6 of 18 from the field as well so the Mavs really continuing to look pretty ugly Going forward, the Kings here, actually, in this one, scoring just 13 points in the fourth quarter as well. Started off hot, had a 10-point lead going into the second quarter, 37-27 to over the Dallas Mavericks, and then letting it get away from them as the game progressed. Again, scoring just 13 points in that fourth quarter, so an ugly finish for the Sacramento Kings in that one, coming away with another loss in the bubble. And hopefully, (laughs) coming up on Thursday, a fourth loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. This is the fourth game as well for New Orleans going into this Thursday. The first half of a back-to-back, the second half will be the Wizards, and we'll preview that game and review the Kings game, hopefully following. Uh, I've got some friends coming up this weekend, so we'll see what we can do in terms of recording some podcasts. But we will do our very, very best to get you Get you what you need here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans as we move forward in the NBA bubble. But preview, we're doing it a couple days early. Just want to make sure we have it up and so we can talk about it. Maybe we probably won't record another one until after the game on Thursday. But wanted to get this one up so more people can listen to it before the game happens. I know we did a podcast at nine o'clock yesterday in the morning. That's when it got posted and fewer, fewer people can check it out at that point in time. So we definitely want to be getting these podcasts to you as soon as possible. And so more people can check them out when it's timely. So with that said, Kings, New Orleans Pelicans are taking on the Kings on Thursday night, excuse me, Thursday during the day, 1230, p.m. on NBA TV, so that'll be going on early in the day. Not a huge matchup, i.e. why it's on NBA TV instead of a major network like ESPN or or TNT. So if you have NBA League Pass or if you have access to NBA TV, you'll be able to watch it that way. Once again, if you're a Pelicans fan, you know, right now we don't have access to all these games, especially games like this, and I don't know that we're going to be able to watch the game against the Spurs either, at least not on national television, so NBA League Pass coming in clutch right about now, and I would definitely recommend it if you're really wanting to watch these games and not just the highlights. So, anywho, Kings, Pels, taking each other on at 12.30 p.m. on Thursday. So, the last time these two teams played was in January. January 4th, this was actually the Pels and the Kings were both in Sacramento, ready to play, and then everything got shut down on March 11th. So this would have been the last game for either of these two, but they shut it down before the uh, before tip happened. So didn't get to play this one, so that would probably be a reason why the Kings and Pels were playing each other twice in the bubble. Usually you don't, I mean, we're, typically we're not seeing that throughout the remainder of the schedule, but this is actually going to be hopefully really beneficial for the pels in the bubble. So the last time these two played, it was a 117 to 115 victory on January 4th for the Pelicans with JJ Redick hitting that game winner as time expired, the left-handed hook, not hook, but but the the scoop up that nearly hit the top of the Kings stadium, which was kind of kind of dope arena, which was rad, but the Pels actually trailed going into the fourth quarter and Zoe went for 15 In the fourth, had just nine points prior to that, ultimately led the Pels in scoring that night, having again, like I said, just nine going into the fourth and leading the way for the Pelicans to finish off the Kings with 15 points in the fourth quarter. Not something we see a lot from Lonzo, something that a lot of us have been wanting to see more of from Lonzo Ball is aggressiveness, not necessarily down the stretch, but just in general, going at the basket, not settling for jump shots, but... Again, this is not something we've seen a lot from him, especially down the stretch as as time starts to wind down in the fourth quarter and also come up clutch to boot. He took a three-point shot against the Utah Jazz in the bubble early when I really, really didn't want him to. It's something that I've been hammering home on these podcasts as well as when I was on the word with G on ESPN 1420 in Lafayette this week was that Zoe has been taking too many shots and he continues to shoot the ball when he's not shooting well and he just needs to be a distributor. That was an example. Here, he was making shots. So good for you, Zo. Uh, that that's not something we're gonna see a lot of, I would guess, not only when now when he's young, but, but as the as his career progresses. Now in this game, the Pels did actually have a four point lead with 4.2 seconds to go. And then Nemanja Bielitsa converted a four point play that made it actually look like the game was going to go into overtime. Luckily for the Pels, like I said, JJ Redick was able to get that shot off. And those, those two points were the only points that JJ scored in the second half of this game, which is pretty wild. I believe he had 15 in the first half. So Quite a turnaround for J.J. I believe they took him off the bench and uh, he got that got that shot to go. So pretty impressive from Reddick, the veteran out of Duke. Now, like I said, Lonzo Ball led the team in scoring with 24 points. He also had 10 assists and 6 rebounds. So probably the best showing that we've seen from Lonzo this year was in this game. And he was even matched up with De'Aaron Fox in this one. De'Aaron Fox, one of the fastest guards in the league and a guy who could have been in the running for MIP. I think a lot of people had him there at the beginning of the year, maybe a pick for most improved player of the year in terms of, before the season started, you know, preseason predictions, stuff like that, but not quite coming up to that level of play is the Aaron Fox, at least to this rate. He's still, still a good basketball player. I liked him a lot coming out of Kentucky, one of the fastest players in the league, great at attacking the basket, not the greatest shooter, but I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and he plays the game quickly and the right way. Drew also put up 19 in this one. J.J. added 19 as well, so he had 17 in that first quarter. And then Josh Hart and B.I. each put up 16 for the Pelicans in Sacramento. Obviously, the Pelicans didn't have Zion in this one, as it was January 4th before his debut against the Spurs in late January. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Nicolo Melli did not play in this matchup. Jaleel Okafor got some minutes in this one. Seven minutes, which is, is a word I highly doubt we're going to see in uh, this this time around. But again, uh, I think I've said it before on this pod. I said it on the word with G as well. I'd like to see Jaw get some minutes. Don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see it. I think he looked really good in the scrimmages. He looks fit. And I want to see him get on the court. Derek Favors doing the best he can right now. He looked much better in this last game. And the thing is, way we know Derek Favors is doing what he needs to do is when we don't really think about him being on the court defensive stops rebounds right now he's really not a scoring focal point at all looking at box scores from previous games this season it was typical to see him put in like 12 a night something like that he's averaging something like that I don't have the exact stat off the top of my head but for the Pelicans, what we've seen the best of Derek Favors is when we don't notice him, which was this last game against the Memphis Grizzlies. So, be sweet to see Ja get in there. For the Kings, Bogdan Bogdanovich did not play on this January 4th matchup. Trevor Reza was still part of the team and he played a significant. 32 minutes in that previous matchup. The Kings did not have Corey Brewer at that time, who has, I don't even know if he's been playing in the bubble, like at all. Marvin Bagley didn't play in that first one, and he's not playing now. He is not in the bubble. And Harrison Barnes actually went off for 30, followed by Buddy Heald's 24, and De'Aaron Fox just put up 17 against the New Orleans Pelicans in Sacramento on that first matchup on January 4th. Between the Pels, and the Kings. So fast forward a little bit to where we're at right now, and the Kings, like I said, are 0-3 in the the NBA bubble as we currently sit. First loss came to the Spurs, 129-120. De'Aaron Fox led the way for the Kings in that one. 39 points for the young man, like I said, out of Kentucky. DeMar DeRozan scored 27 for the Spurs to lead the way for them. The second matchup for the Kings came against the Orlando Magic. It was a 132-116 to 116 loss to the Magic, so 16-point loss, not something necessarily super pretty. Harry Giles third led the way with 23 points for the Kings. For Orlando, it was Terrence Ross, 25 points, and then Nikola Vucevic, 23 points. Tonight's matchup against the Dallas Mavericks, 114-110 to 110 loss. De'Aaron Fox led the way, 28 points, 9 assists. Luca put up 34 points. Tim Hardaway with 22, and Chris Stapps with 22. Not the prettiest stat line from Chris Stapps, but he was able to get to the free throw line a bunch of times, 6 of 18 from the field. So, like I said, not super, super pretty, but was able to get the job done. Mavs walked away with a win. That's what matters, even though they are 1-2. and two and have just the one win against one of the not-so-good teams in the bubble. So I lined up some keys to victory for the New Orleans Pelicans in their most recent matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies, and that seems to have caught on with you know Twitter, and, and it's been a good way to outline these podcasts, and I think it's the way to really look at these games going forward, at least if we don't have a guest like Garrett Corpening or... McCade Pearson that came on fairly recently, and it's kind of short notice to get these lined up. So hopefully we'll have one previewing maybe the next time we have the the Kings play the, the Pels or one on Saturday to preview the Pelicans versus the Spurs. I think that'll be a fun one. Also, like I said, I have some friends coming up this weekend, so we'll see what we can do, but we will do our very best to get you some Pels content when needed. So, Looks like another star guard sort of matchup for the Pelicans in this one. In that first game, it was Drew that was going to be leaned on to be guarding Donovan Mitchell. Then following up that, it was, you know, Drew and Zoe and and probably Brandon Ingram guarding that Paul George Kawhi Leonard type at three, two, three, four kind of tweener position. I would label them as three small forwards. That didn't go well. And then in the third game, Matching up with the Memphis Grizzlies, it was Drew once again locking Ja Morant up, going 5 of 21 from the field, just 1 of 10 from 3, and Jaron Jackson Jr. really not doing what he was most capable of. By the way, he has a torn meniscus, so he will be out the remainder of the season, which sucks for the Grizzlies. Love his future, love his ceiling, just not able to quite put it all together this season and stay healthy in the process. So, Hopefully he will be okay. Also speaking of the magic just a little bit ago, Jonathan Isaac tearing his ACL and going to be out the remainder of the season. So tough stuff for both of those guys. Prayers. Again, if you're not religious, good vibes, send them their way. They definitely, I'm sure appreciate it. So as we were saying Big matchup for the guards in this one, Drew and Zoe matching up with De'Aaron Fox, one of the fastest, smartest point guards in the league, especially considering his youth. Drew and Zoe will likely be matched up with him more Drew than Zoe, probably. If Drew's off the floor, it'll be Lonzo, and Frank Jackson's been getting minutes, so maybe he'll match up with him as well, and athletically, I think Frank can line up with a guy like De'Aaron Fox, so maybe he'll see a few more minutes in this one. Not gonna don't expect 20 minutes from Frank Jackson or anything like that. Maybe not even 10. I think it'll be a pair of fresh legs to match up with De'Aaron Fox, if anything, in this one. So we tend to give a ton of credit to Drew for his defense, and rightfully so. He's an all-NBA defender. But Zoe has been playing some pretty solid minutes on the defensive end of the floor. In these three games, obviously nothing really went well for the matchup with the Clippers. But Zoe looked pretty solid so far in the bubble with his defensive side of the game. And if he can do something to hinder Fox's speed in transition, make Fox run up and down the court with the Pels in transition, get him tired out, that'll be huge. I think Lonzo plays a huge role in this one again. Granted, he scored 24 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. That was pretty outlandish for a stat line for for Lonzo Ball, and I'm not expecting anything like that necessarily, at least not to that degree for Lonzo Ball in this one against the Sacramento Kings. But I think his his role is going to be bigger than what it has been thus far in the bubble, and I trust him to step up. You know, in college when Lonzo and De'Aaron Fox would match up, De'Aaron Fox kind of owned him, really dominated him, kind of sunned him. Russell Westbrook, you know. But Lonzo's gotten the better match of him, at least this year, when the, when the two played and faced off against each other. And I think Zo remembers those type of things. And if you're really a bona fide killer uh, and you really want to be successful in the league, you kind of have to be a guy that remembers that type of stuff. So I think Zo steps up and, and becomes more aggressive in this one. Not necessarily going to be a huge shot maker. Uh, we don't necessarily need to rely on that. If he goes like 3 of 7 from deep, A-OK with that, as long as he stays aggressive and plays well on the defensive side of the floor, and continues to look up for for passes like he did to Drew, like he did to Zion in this last matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies. So I think Zoe plays a really big role in this one, not just defensively, but offensively in terms of aggressiveness as well. And now speaking of defense from Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, another big key is perimeter Defense, so Buddy Healed last time these two teams played was 4 of 7 from deep, and collectively the Kings were 12 of 21 from deep, shooting 57%. Now 12 threes isn't necessarily a ton, 21 threes attempted is definitely not a ton. I mean the Clippers just made 25 against the Pelicans, which is a lot, but 12 of 23, 21 and 57% from deep is, is still not what you want preferably you want to keep that down to like eight of 21 something like that is much more ideal defensively and and you know you're not going to get that every night especially when your opponent has buddy healed on their team but if the Pels can get that to come down a little bit they can continue to defend the perimeter well like they did against the Memphis Grizzlies who shot just 27 percent against them from three-point land in this last game uh, that's that's going to be what you're wanting, and and that's going to come a lot from Zoe's length, Zoe's defensive capabilities, Drew's obviously, Brandon Ingram forcing closeouts. He's really good on closeouts, really knows how to use his length there, but could absolutely improve elsewhere defensively. So not going to be something you lean on. You know, Obviously, it's the perimeter. You're not going to lean on Zion to, to help out with this, but Josh Hart will be a big part of that as well, defending the perimeter for the New Orleans Pelicans. Another big key to the game for New Orleans is wing scoring. So obviously when you're looking at wing scoring for the Pelicans, it's going to be Brandon Ingram. and, And also Josh Hart putting in 16 the last time these two played. Played a great game against the Grizzlies as well. So if you could see Josh Hart filling it up on the offensive side, you know the Pelicans are probably playing pretty well if Josh Hart's filling it up. So like this, like this last time that these two teams matched up, Brandon Ingram had just 16, and he's also averaging 20.3 in the bubble. I'd like to see that, that average start to gradually increase as we're going forward. Brandon Ingram not necessarily in the greatest scoring rhythm as we have continued to progress in the bubble, scoring just 14 against the Clippers. Again, nothing really good came of that game. So... He put in 23 in their first matchup with the Utah Jazz, 24 against the Grizzlies. If he can get up, if he can score 28, 27, 28, 30 points, that would be awesome in this one. I think that would start to really make his offensive game appear to be more of a threat than I think what teams are taking him for. He's an all-star, he's going to hopefully win most improved player of the year, but hopefully he can go off for 27 28 30 in this one that'll open things up for Zion that'll open things up for Derek Favors as well you know the Pels don't necessarily need Drew Holiday to go off for 25 30 in this one either Alonzo Ball doesn't probably need to go off for the 24 but could stay aggressive again Josh Hart probably not necessarily needed at the at the wing spot to score a bunch of points, but if he and and excuse me, B.I. can combine and really go at the Kings at that wing spot, that's kind of where they're lacking as well. I mean, you look at these three matchups in the bubble so far, who's the leading scorers for their opponents? DeMar DeRozan, small forward. Terrence Ross, small forward. Luka Doncic, whatever position he is. Tim Hardaway, small forward shooting guard, probably more of a shooting guard. And then, I mentioned it earlier as well, center and power forward scoring in these recent games. Nikola Vucevic, 23 points. Chris Stapps, 22 points. Again, not the prettiest stat line, but he did get 22 points, got to the line a bunch of times. So for the Pelicans in that center, you know, power forward scoring position, I said jaw if they're really looking to expose the the kings at that center position it's going to have to be jaw offensively just because he has the repertoire closer to the basket and he's young and a little more a a lot more explosive than Derek favors especially after cutting that weight jackson hayes being super athletic super bouncy and he can take advantage of the of the kings in the fast break with that athleticism but if you're looking for post moves the guy you're going to be going for is joe jaleel okafor down low obviously you know zion's back playing up to 25 minutes again he's healthy and hopefully he'll go for 25 pair him with bi and those two doing work would love 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 to see them combine for 50 plus points that would be great and then spread the ball around make some jump shots hopefully get that three point percentage up and we'll talk about that here in a second. Like I said, it's not going to be Derek Favors from that center position. The best Derek Favors we get is when we don't recognize that Derek Favors is out there. That's what it has been in the bubble. When you know he's out there, it's typically when he's making lapses defensively and he's not getting boards. So hopefully, this time around, we'll be able to see a little bit less of Derek Favors. Another big key for the New Orleans Pelicans going into this one is cause. Turnovers. So in this last one, it was don't give up turnovers, don't let up turnovers, preferably 15 or less, but this time it's cause turnovers. The Kings just had 10 against the Mavs in this recent game. They've hovered around 14 15 as well, so they take care of the basketball fairly well for a team that's really not that great, but the Kings. Again, just allowing 10 turnovers in this recent game. So the Pels can force those turnovers, get into transition, get rebounds to get into transition. That'll be big for the Pelicans going forward. Three point percentage. If you can bounce that up, get that up above 40% for the first time since they've been in the bubble, that would be massive. Obviously, we don't need Zion shooting threes. <laughs> Zoe doesn't necessarily need to put up a ton. Like I said, 3 of 7, 4 of 7 would be awesome. Drew doesn't need to put up a ton of threes. If B.I. can hit some, that's great. But another stat from this most recent one, recent game for the Kings, is the Mavs shot just 9 of 41 from deep. Three-point shots looking kind of ugly for the collective NBA as we're going forward. Like I mentioned, the Jazz percentage. I think I heard tonight that the Rockets put up a ton of three-point shots they made a decent amount, they probably would have beat the, their trailblazers tonight. Also, Pelicans are shooting just 34.5% from deep in the bubble. Pel's got to get that up. I'd like to see more of J.J. Redick in these games. I don't believe he's playing a ton of minutes. So far, obviously, he's seeing the floor, but not to the degree that I'd like to see him on the court. Average 26 minutes a game during the regular season. In these last three against the Jazz, it was 26 minutes. Clippers, 17 minutes. Grizzlies, 29 minutes. So maybe that's just me. Uh, Maybe I just haven't been paying attention. And he hasn't been, you know, impacting the game to the degree, degree that I expect. Of course, going 5 of 11 from the field against the Grizzlies. Scoring 16 points. And then the first game against the Jazz. Actually put up 21 points. 7 of 15 from the field. But if he can put together some three point shots in somewhat of a third quarter like he did against the bucks obviously that's asking a lot but if he can start getting that three point percentage up for the team that will be huge it'll really help the offense flow it'll open up space for Zion to get those athletic layups that we love so much to see from him on or that we've seen from him in the bubble so far and in his career in general. So there you have it. Keys to the game against the Sacramento Kings in this coming game on Thursday at 1230 PM on NBA league pass or NBA TV one way or another. You can watch that. Of course, we'll be doing our best to recap the game. Hopefully, I'm not sure when my friend will be here. My friends will be here this weekend, but if they're not up here on Thursday, we'll definitely recap and then do a preview of the Wizards game that night as well. I'll be able to do that either way because he probably won't be here. That, yes, I'll be able to do that either way. Uh, So that'll be up for Friday. A review of the Kings game and a preview of the game against the Wizards. Excited for that. Stay tuned for that as well. Pels fans, make sure to go follow at Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T, C-L-O-U-G-H on Twitter. You're going to be getting a ton, a lot, like a lot, a ton of Pelican's content right there you're going to be getting links to the podcast polls ways for you to interact with this podcast whenever you would like a lot and while you're here if you're listening on apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe leave a rate and review Do it. that really helps us out folks and we greatly 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 appreciate it and if you're listening on a different platform hit that follow button or if you can't Leave a rate and review. It kind of depends on what platform you're listening to this podcast on. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And you can check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights. That will include work from former guests such as Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, Chris Connor, Kevin Berrios, and David Grubb. And then, as well, yours truly. And speaking of yours truly, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.